As we move through these weeks of Eastertide, we are seeking to understand what the Bible says about joy in the midst of change, in this liminal space that Rob talked about a few weeks ago, and this in-between time that the disciples are experiencing, and a little bit like what we're experiencing in this season also. Last week, we focused on the joy and the journey as we considered the conversations on the road to Emmaus. And Rob reminded us of the real importance of talking to each other, especially in this difficult season. And our gospel and epistle readings and the psalm today, they really highlight the truth and the joy that's found in our relationship and connection with Jesus and with each other. We can experience and live out of a unique and deep spiritual joy when we know and understand who Jesus is and share that in fellowship with each other. And in the passage in John 10 that Cecil read for us, Jesus is continuing to tell people who he is. In the previous chapters in John, he has begun to reveal to the people that he is the Son of Man, their Messiah. And he has already described himself as the bread of life and the light of the world. And now, now we see him declare, I am the gate for the sheep. And all these metaphors, of course, were localized and spoke to the context of the people at the time. Even so, they still took a little bit of time to hit home or maybe even sink in at all. But for those of us who are not experts in Palestinian sheep farming in that era, a little bit of context is helpful here in understanding more about what Jesus is trying to say to us. So here's what we need to know. At that time, sheep were bred for their wool more than their meat. Um, and so any given sheep could possibly be with the same shepherd for years at a time. And so instinctively, they would learn to know his voice, to trust him and to follow him when they were called. Also, what we need to know is there were two kinds of sheep pens. One kind was a public sheep pen, which was found in the cities and villages and which would be large enough to hold several flocks of sheep at one time. This pen would be in the care of a gatekeeper whose duty it was to guard the gate during the night and to admit the shepherds coming back in the morning to collect the sheep. So then the shepherds would call their sheep, and each of whom knew his own shepherd's voice, as we've learnt, and they would be led out into pasture, just as it says in John 10, verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. The second kind of sheep pen was in the countryside, where the shepherds would keep their flocks in good weather. This type of pen was really nothing more than a rough circle of rocks piled against a wall, which had a small opening which was used for the gate. And through this opening, the shepherd would drive all the sheep at nightfall. But since there was no gate, just this opening, the shepherd would keep the sheep in and the wild animals out by lying across the opening. He would sleep there, literally, really literally becoming the gate for the sheep. So in describing himself this way, Jesus is saying to us that through him and through him alone, we gain access to God 
And once in God's fold, he offers us a relationship with him that provides safety to our souls, that provides freedom from the slavery of sin and the promise of his divine guidance. And when we choose to get to know God, spend time in his presence, we begin to recognize his voice. And his voice drowns out all the lies in the world. It protects our minds, it frees us from fear, and it guides us through our lives so that we get to live in that eternal, joyous safety and freedom daily with him. As it says in verse 9 and 10, I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I love the overlap of the imagery that Jesus is using here and the words we heard in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I lack nothing. I will fear no evil for you are with me. We have safety in Jesus. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. We have freedom in Jesus. And he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. We have guidance with Jesus. He came so that we would have life and have life to the full. And we are hardwired for relationship. And to live this life abundantly, we should cultivate relationship with God and with each other. And as we see in our epistle reading in Acts 2, read by Brian, faith and commitment to Jesus fuels community and oneness amongst believers. These five verses in Acts are a beautiful picture of unity, grace, love, and joy. And the disciples at this time, they were still in the process of understanding and embracing the risen Jesus. It was a period of wonder and uncertainty, and they weren't sure what the future held, but they trusted in his safety, in his freedom, and in his guidance, and they really lived it out. They were devoted to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. It says in verse 45, they did that with glad and sincere hearts. And I believe that because they made breaking bread, fellowship, and prayer a priority in their daily lives, that their faith and belief grew and became much more than a ritual, but a lifestyle. Their belief and trust in God moved them to a place where pretense or comparison had no place and love and care for each other won over any self-centeredness or any fear of lack. And there's a real simplicity in these verses that seems so hard for us to physically adapt to our current everyday lives. We can't all live with each other at the moment especially, or next door to each other and have everything in common. But Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of these verses in the message simply describes the believers as living in harmony, holding everything in common and pooling their resources and praising God with exuberance and joy. Now that's a perspective that can certainly, we can certainly be inspired by, a perspective that promotes life and life to the full, life abundant. 
So as we are together apart in this season globally, I think it's a time to be reminded how much we need each other as humans and as Christians how much we need the body of Christ through which we should experience and contribute to the flourishing of a full life. We really, really miss being able to see our church family and physically be together. So we need to get creative and reach out to each other in different ways in this season. And I'm thankful that we can all still engage in teaching in this forum on a Sunday. We can all still pray for each other. We can chat on the phone or on video calls. Now, the breaking bread together, that's a little bit more tricky, but I have to say that all, we have had a couple of people join us for dinner on a video WhatsApp call, which has been a bit different, but fun, just an idea. But I really want to leave you with this quote from Henri Nguyen, who was a Dutch Catholic priest who wrote, wrote much about psychology and community and spirituality. And I think these words sum up the beautiful outworking of our relationship with God, with each other, and the joy set before us. He wrote, People who have known the joy of God point each other to flashes of light here and there and remind each other that they reveal the hidden but very real presence of God. They discover that there are people who heal each other's wounds, forgive others' offenses, share their possessions, foster the spirit of community, celebrate the gifts they have received, and live in constant anticipation of the full manifestation of God's glory. So this week, as our country moves into the next phase of staying apart, I pray that we can all stay close to our Savior Jesus and experience safety, freedom, and guidance through the joy of our relationship and connection with him and each other. Amen.